Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. Well, let's begin with a nice stretch. What do you think? All right, everybody stand up, including those of you who are at home on Zoom. Uh, everybody stand up. All right. So what should we do? So we'll reach up a little bit. Okay, we'll go to the side. Okay, go to the other side. That's good. And now we're going to do a special stretch. I want you to reach down and try to grab your heel. Try to grab your heel. And if you have a quarantine buddy, I want you to grab their heel. So try to grab the other person's heel. Especially you two, the two brothers. The younger brother should try to grab the older brother's heel. So see if you can do that. How's that going? All right, now I want you to hold that. What are you doing? You're not, no one's still grabbing. You're supposed to do it, well, the whole night, basically, that, to illustrate the, no? Okay, well, ha have a seat. Give yourselves a hand. That was great. Whew. All right. Uh, now, if you were uh, listening to this uh, and you're, uh, let's say you're listening to this on the podcast and you're driving, don't attempt to do all the stretches uh, or you can pull over. That's just a, a advice for the podcast listeners. All right. Um, so why are we trying to grab our heel, right? Or the heel of our quarantine buddy? Like, why would I have you do that? I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun. No, because today's Parsha deals with that ultimate heel grabber, that wrestler of God and men, that devious trickster, that tenacious rumbler. What's his name? Jacob. Or somebody said Yaakov. That was very good. All right. Torah point over there. His name, his identity... Uh, comes from this uh, earlier story in Genesis 25. This is what happened. Isaac prayed hard to God for his wife because she was barren. God answered his prayer and Rebekah became pregnant. But the children tumbled and kicked inside her so much she said, if this is the way it's going to be, why go on living? She went to God to find out what was going on. And God told her, two nations are in your womb, two peoples butting heads while still in your body. One people will overpower the other and the older will serve the younger. When it came time to give birth, sure enough, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish as if snugly wrapped in a hairy blanket. They named him Esau, which means hairy. His brother followed, his fist clutched tight to Esau's heel. Can you clutch your heel again? No, or we're not stretching anymore, so it's, it might be hard, right? Okay. His fist clutched tight to Esau's heel, and they named him Jacob, which means heel. Akev, Akev in Hebrew is heel, so it makes up Jacob's name, Yaakov. Do you hear it? Heel grabber, conniver, 
could be translated overreacher, right? We definitely felt that. Some of, did some of you overreach, perhaps? Okay, if you strained yourself, I'm not responsible for uh, any injuries you may have sustained during the course of the sermon. Okay, just had to throw that out there. And Jacob is not only a heel grabber, a wrestler as part of his identity, but he is a prenatal wrestler. How many professional wrestlers can say that? Right? You saw how hard it was to grab your heel earlier. Imagine doing that as you're coming into the world before you even take your first breath. <sighs> That's some tenacity, right? How many of you have ever seen the, the game show Supermarket Sweep? Yes? Okay, a few of you. Well, you can, if you haven't seen it, you can imagine what kind of game show this is, right? You have to run around, you have a shopping cart, and you grab as many things as you can. The more expensive, the better. And you're running and running as fast as you can. Why? Because there's a timer. And when the time runs out, you got to stop grabbing stuff. I think sometimes we look at life this way. I got to grab all the blessings I can before it's too late. I think that is how Jacob originally saw life. Grabbing heels and grabbing blessings. Mishpucha, that is no way to be, okay? However, however, there are things to admire about Jacob in this week's Torah portion. For one, he has this tenacity, right? This strength to hold on. It means he didn't avoid the mistakes of his past. He knew, he knew that he had hurt his brother, grabbed all the blessings he could, and left Esau to weep before his father in pain. He knew that. But when God tells Jacob to go back home where Esau is, he goes. And when he finds out Esau is coming to him with an ominous sounding 400 men, perhaps some sort of army, he continues on and decides to meet him, even if it means risking his life. Another thing to admire about Jacob is that what enables him to face his mistakes, I think, is humility, which I believe he develops over time through what he endures. There's a midrash in Genesis Rabbah 75 about Judah Hanasi, and Judah Hanasi translated means Judah the prince. That's his name, his title a very famous rabbi. So this is the story. Judah Hanasi once directed Rabbi Aphes to write a letter in Judah's name to Emperor Antoninus. Rabbi Aphes wrote from Judah the prince, Judah Hanasi, to our sovereign, the Emperor Antoninus. Judah read the letter, tore it up, and wrote from your servant Judah, treated, sorry, from your servant Judah to our sovereign, the Emperor Antoninus. Rabbi Aphes remonstrated that Judah treated his honor too lightly because he changed his name from Judah the prince to Judah your servant. Judah replied that he was not better than his ancestor, who in Genesis 32, 5, sent to Esau saying, thus says your servant, Jacob. Now Jacob is preparing to meet Esau and he refers to himself as your servant. And how does he refer to Esau? What do you think? 
Yes, my, my Lord, my master. This is the opposite of the prediction when he was born, right? Didn't we read, just read that? The, old, the older here is not serving the younger, right? The younger Jacob is not ruling over Esau. Jacob is doing what? He's going low. Sometimes you got to get low, right? And he does so literally a little bit later, right? And in his prayer to God, he's praying to God. He says, katonti, usually translated, I'm not worthy. And it's in this phrase, I am not worthy of all the loving kindness that you've shown me, Lord. But katonti, the root of that is katan. Do we know what that means? Is a hint. Small, little, katan, right? So what is he saying? He's saying, I'm making myself small. I am small compared to all of my blessings. I'm small compared to Esau. I'm small compared to God. The blessing grabber has realized the end of his own abilities. He now has to face his past, face his brother, and face his mistakes. We don't like to do that, do we? Our spouse says to us, you've got food in your beard. And we just respond, no, I don't. Or maybe we say, yes, I did that on purpose. It's phileta, right? These are all hypothetical examples. I'm just, you know, throwing things out there. I don't know. Um, but it, it's hard to admit that you've hurt someone. It's hard to admit you have not forgiven someone or that you were wrong. We don't like to be wrong. It's painful. We either sweep it under the rug and ignore it, or we allow our mistake to blossom into a failure stew. But if we apply humility at the point of pain, I think we can really face our mistakes without shame and without pride. With humility, we can face our mistakes and make them right. And then we come to the part of the story where Jacob the heel grabber, Jacob the blessing snatcher, becomes something else. He meets a mystery man. Ooh, mystery man by the bank of the river. Who is this masked man? And why do I say he's masked? Well, he's, he's a wrestler, so, you know, usually they wear masks, right? Well, let's find out who this man is. Genesis 32. Let's have you guys read the part of the mystery man in bold, okay? Can you do that? You ready to act this morning? All right, try to put yourself in the, think about your motivation, right? Okay, but you don't know who this guy is, so it might be hard, but uh, do your best. But Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. This is your part. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. Go ahead. One, two, three. Oh. Uh, Robert, we need our next line. There we go. Okay. One, two, three. Jacob.
And what's your name? And then, right then and there, he blessed him. Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. Give yourselves another hand. You're doing all kinds of things this morning. You're stretching, you're acting out the Bible. Man, you, you had no idea what you were in for when you came to Tikvot this morning. Amen? It's good. It's exciting. So the way I see it, there are three possibilities here. Perhaps the man, the wrestling partner, represented God. Only God can change a person's name. Only God can alter our identity. The man does not reveal his identity, just like the angel of the Lord in the story of Samson, if you've ever read that, who also represents God, and he says, why do you ask my name? So he represents God in that story as well, and it's the same phrase. Finally, the man says, you have wrestled with God and men and come through or prevailed. So perhaps the man represents God. Does this ring true for us, though? Do we struggle things out with God? Certain things may be hard for us to receive from God, like grace, forgiveness. Certain things may be hard for us to understand, like suffering and heartache and death and disease. So what do we do? We contend. We contend with God. That's why it's called surrender, right? When do we surrender? After we put up a fight, right? That's when you surrender. So that's when we surrender to God. But isn't that better than sweeping it under the rug or wallowing in shame? The name Israel means struggles with God, contends with God. It's in our DNA. And if you're not Jewish, but you trust in Yeshua, then you're grafted into this DNA. You're in the commonwealth of Israel, the strugglers, the scrappers. Yeah, we're scrappers, aren't we? Amen. But the rabbis have another theory. What if the masked, masked man represents someone else that Jacob has been wrestling with his whole life, even before his life began? That's right. I'm talking about Hulk Hogan. No, I kid, I kid. I'm, of course, talking about Esau. In the next episode, Jacob actually encounters Esau after 20 years. 20 years after stealing the birthright, tricking their blind father and grabbing the blessing, then working for 14 years for Rachel and Leah, and tricking their father, his father-in-law, Laban, out of some sheep. And now he's all out of tricks. The grabber of blessings has struggled with God and now he's limping. His hip is out of joint. And he does this. He does that before Esau seven times. And 
they embrace and they weep. And Jacob urges him to take the gifts, saying, seeing your face again is like seeing the face of God. In other words, when he was face to face with God during the wrestling match, perhaps he was really face to face with Esau. Remember, this is Jacob's wrestling partner in the womb. So it makes sense that it's still Esau with whom he is contending. And there's a connection between reconciling with our brother and reconciling with God, isn't there? They're supposed to go together to mirror each other. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second commandment goes along with it, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. 1 John 4.20 puts it like this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Again, scripture is telling us they go together. Our love for God and God's love should compel us to try to make things right with our brother and our sister. Or there's a third possibility. Maybe the rabbis say Jacob is wrestling with himself. His good inclination and his evil inclination. He's wrestling with his emotions, perhaps. His own past. His mistakes. His, his conscience. He's wrestling with his sins. The Apostle Paul describes this wrestling in Romans 7. See if you can relate to this dilemma that Paul is describing. For I do not understand what I am doing. For what I do not want, this I practice. But what I hate, this I do. But if I do what I do not want to do, then I agree with the Torah that it is good. So now it is no longer I doing it, but sin dwelling in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For to will is present in me, but to do the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but the evil that I do not want, this I practice. But if I do not, but if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I doing it, but the sin that dwells in me. You see this wrestling? See this struggle that he has? This is, this is our struggle, right? We can relate to this. So I find the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I delight in the Torah of God with respect to the inner man, but I see a different law in my body parts, battling against the law of my mind and bringing me into bondage under the law of sin, in my body parts. Miserable man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, it is through Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Or perhaps the mystery man represents all three wrestling partners for Jacob and for us. We wrestle with God, we struggle with our brother, and we contend with ourselves. And through this struggling, we are transformed. 
our names are changed. We, we surrender. We humble ourselves. We bow down to the Lord. And the mystery man says to Jacob and to us, you're not a grabber. You're a scrapper. You're a contender, right? The masked man says to Jacob and to us, don't grab the blessing. Be the blessing. Now Jacob is not a grabber, a stealing of blessings. Now he is the blessing. We are, after all, children of Israel, children of Jacob, whether grafted in as natural or wild branches. It is the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, who blesses us, and we are his seed. Both the Jews who were the first to believe and the Gentiles who were once far off are now no longer blessing grabbers, but what are we? We're blessing givers. So the question is, how can you be a blessing? Let's pray. Abba, you are worthy of all our praise. You are good to us, and you transform us by what we suffer, by what we go through. And you take all our character flaws and you make them character strengths. I don't know how you do it, but I know why you do it, because you love us. And I pray that we would work things out with our brother and sister. We would work things out with you, and we would work things out within ourselves, and that in that struggle, we would find your presence and, and, and find transformation and find healing through the one who brings transformation and healing, Yeshua the Messiah. And in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.